Welcome to the I Believe Your Abuse podcast, where we talk all things narcissistic abuse. Usually, we focus in on what happens in a romantic relationship with a narcissist. Today, however, we're going to discuss a little bit about a narcissistic coworker. I'm your host, Brandy Fuller Anderson. I am a counselor, coach, survivor, and author on narcissistic abuse. This is my bonus red flag episode where I discuss different red flags that might clue you into a relationship with a narcissist. Certainly that would clue you into the fact that you're with somebody who's toxic. And these discussions are how we spread awareness about these shitty partners and how we arm ourselves with the knowledge that will help us develop strong boundaries that will prevent us from falling into these same abusive traps in the future. The narcissist in my life was my now ex-husband, so when you hear me refer to the narc, you'll likely hear me refer to the narc as a he, but this is just how I tell my story. It's strictly for helping me to stay consistent, but know that narcissists, they're both male and female, and what pronoun you use doesn't matter. Insert whichever one feels most fitting for you. Today we're going to discuss a red flag that you undoubtedly noticed throughout your relationship with a narc no matter what your connection to the narc was. It is a pervasively dysfunctional and easily noticeable warning sign. And yet, it tends to confuse us more than anything else in the beginning. Meaning, it happens, and we notice it, but rather than considering it as a warning sign, we likely tried to make sense of it in some other way. As the relationship continued, it became our greatest source of frustration and hopelessness. It leaves us with unanswered questions, concerns for our own abilities, and a lack of resolve with regards to any meaningful issues. Today we discuss the narcissist's inability to effectively communicate. There is no possible way to have more than one conversation with a narcissist, the type of conversation where there's anything of depth, that addresses anything of importance, or that requires any resolution, and not notice that the narcissist lacks any ability to contribute. It's impossible to have a reasonable debate or constructive conversation with them. You may often keep things to yourself, no matter how much you want to feel like it's being solved, because you know that there's not going to be any end to the conversation that will clear things up for you. You likely keep your feelings hidden deep inside because you know if you make any attempts to try to share them with your partner, it will just end up in an argument, and nothing about the conversation will make you feel understood feel better about things. It's just easier to learn to bury those feelings or pretend like they don't exist. If you express any opinion that goes against something your narc partner said, you will likely send him off into a shame spiral that will start the maze of manipulations and hurtful jabs. Narcissists will quickly remind you that you were the wrong one. If that doesn't work, They will paint you out to be the bad guy by attributing one of their poor behaviors to you. 
They will then justify how you are somehow to blame for anything they have done that you are not happy with. And if this doesn't seem to work, they will try gaslighting, word salads, denial, stonewalling, or any other tactic that they can come up with on the spot to confuse you. After all, if you have no clarity on the subject, how can you be sure he did or said something wrong? Clearly you don't know what's going on, so your opinion doesn't matter anyway. Now, I know for the most part, this show focuses on the dynamics of a romantic relationship with a narcissist, but I, I wanted to share a short story with you so you can see how increasing knowledge and building boundaries can be of assistance in the future, no matter which narcissists or toxic partners, friends, family members, or coworkers try to cross your path. Now, when this scenario initially presented itself, it, it didn't immediately come to mind. Oh, I, I want to share this story. I want to talk about this story. Because to me, it was just another super childish thing that I deal with during the week. But then it occurred to me that we do focus mostly on romantic relationships here, but it probably would benefit us to discuss some relationships that are outside of our romantic uh, partner at home. So this is about an incident that occurred this week for me. During the week, I often work in an environment where we work with the mentally ill population. In close proximity to me in my office is a narcissistic coworker of mine. And if you're familiar at all with the subtypes of narcissism, this is an exhibitionist style subtype narcissistic coworker of mine. And we'll call her Justine. Now, from the very day Justine started work at the office building, she has been the topic of many discussions and several disapproving looks. Listening to buzz around the office, people generally take Justine as being a little pathetic. The victim, the damsel in distress, or simply high maintenance. Sometimes, there's just something about her that just seems to rub some people the wrong way. I took note of this right away because I believe it says a lot about the energy someone demands when they come into an environment. It's something rather toxic. For me, she mostly annoyed me. Seemed like a bit of a dreamer. Had few boundaries demonstrated by how many times she had to be reminded that what she was doing was not in her job description, or what reaction she was having appeared a bit dramatic for the situation, or she had difficulty understanding where her professionalism ended and her personal opinion mattered in any situation. She never exerted much effort and often asked others to do tasks for her and acted entitled to the help. Quite lazy, really. Something about her came across as very pathetic to me and that is always a warning sign, so I'm generally keeping distance from her, as I would for any people who invite negative energy to my now peaceful world. Now, I have many things that I base my assumption off of that uh, Justine would be classified into the subtype of the exhibition narcissist. Um, a couple that I can share uh, without going into too much detail on her would be how she flaunts herself. So Justine drives a vehicle that she most certainly cannot afford because her appearances are very important to her. 
Also, she works under the assumption that what she has to say in conversation is super important and everybody can't wait to hear it. Therefore, she has no issues interrupting conversations and assuming people are just happy to be hearing whatever it is that she has to say. So, on one particular day, during a break, I overheard her offering dating advice to another coworker. This pathetic, boundaryless, lazy and entitled victim thought she had enough insight to tell another girl how to choose the mate for her. And I scoffed a little to myself while listening to her offer advice that clearly came out of the back of a cosmopolitan magazine was lacking any real insight and wasn't even offered with any consideration of the history and needs of this particular coworker. How could it be Justine is only able to consider intrinsic motivations and understandings in any situation? But I just listened as Justine barked orders at this poor girl with conviction. Here's what you need to do and here's how I think you should do it. So I wait until the end of their conversation once it fizzles out, I figure I have a chance to have a discussion with this other coworker. And I tell this girl, I don't know if that system would work for you. Knowing that Justine is a narcissist, I know damn well that this will be interpreted as a hit to her shaky self-esteem. How could I disagree with what she has said? There is no other right answer. And that's just unacceptable. I knew this would send Justine spinning down a shame spiral, but I'm careful to never be intimidated by the narcissists I'm forced to be around, and I certainly do not alter my behavior to please them. After all, nothing I was saying was personal to Justine, and none of it was really any of her, any of her business to begin with. So of course, in true narc fashion, Justine must quickly shoot the idea that she's not giving the best advice down and she jumps in and lets me know that the system works and is a good idea. I know what she's doing and I ignore her and continue to tell this other coworker that I'm not sure this would be the best plan for her and I can give reasons why it doesn't sound like something that would benefit her. Again, Justine spins around to interrupt my conversation actually a couple more times. That's just one person's opinion, she interjects. That's right, I point out. This is another person's opinion, and this is also another person's conversation. So turn around and go back to what you were doing. Now, I'm not going to lie. By this point, I know exactly how Justine's personality disorder is processing this information. She was scrambling to take back the control she thought she had over this other girl and this conversation. When she tells someone to do something, she most certainly expects that her advice to be taken as the absolute best that there is. And she certainly expects it to be followed so that she can be revered as the brilliant advice giver she sees herself as. Now keep in mind, she's absolutely unqualified to be giving such advice, but that's neither here nor there for a narcissist, right? So because I stood up to her and put a stop to her rude interruptions, she ended her attempts to control the conversation. Narcissists are generally skilled at sensing when things are no longer going in their controllable direction. But because this doesn't sit well with her ego, this incident is not over by a long shot. She is a narcissist after all, and she will not rest until she has either convinced me or herself that I am the one who's wrong 
and she is the one who's right. This is the only acceptable option. So just because Justine cannot risk continuing the conversation in public, that would take away any chance she has at playing the victim, or for convincing others that reality actually happened in the way she wants it portrayed, rather than the way it actually happened. I can't be her scapegoat if I contradict her in front of others, and she cannot be the victim if she's caught being the aggressor. And this just won't do. So sure enough, Soon after, I get a text message telling me that she will not tolerate the disrespectful way that I spoke to her, and in the future, if I have a problem, I need to say it to her. Now, let me point out how many ways in which this entire situation is beginning to be a problem for me. First of all, I knew exactly why she was trying to continue it passive-aggressively, because narcissists they love one-sided conversations. That's why they love text messages, where they have the ability to say whatever they want and simply disregard anything you try to contribute. And there's little you can do about it. It also allows them time to regulate their self-esteem in the moment, adjusting their responses accordingly so they can continue to lead the conversation in the direction that fulfills the fantasy as they imagine it. I also could see her blame shifting, even though she was the one who clearly showed disrespect in rudely interrupting my conversation. She can't stand me holding strong to my boundaries. Nobody has the right to tell her she cannot choose which boundaries to stomp. So when I let her know that I was not going to tolerate her overstepping my boundaries by interrupting my conversation, she took this as disrespect. Narcissists are notorious boundary stompers, and they absolutely hate when you do not allow them to stomp them. They reason to themselves that this must be an issue with you. What else could it be? So let me just quickly tell you what I would do if I wanted to purposefully make a narcissist angry and send them into a rage and inner shame spiral. And I don't recommend anyone do this unless you are far away and safe from repercussion from said narcissist, but this is just an example of something that would keep them on high alert and raging. I would respond to absolutely everything they said with these two statements. I think you must have misunderstood that. And I really disagree with that. I kid you not, these two very easy statements will send a narcissist out of control. They cannot have a reasonable discussion like a neurotypical person, and they cannot consider your side of things or put themselves in your shoes. They can only be the one in power or to be the victim of your wrongdoing. Those are the options. So let me continue by saying, Really, how ridiculous and childish is this entire conversation for two adults in the workplace to be having? And it reminds me of how many times I ended a conversation with my narc husband and thought, did I just argue with a kindergartner? It's like they have no interpretation that tells them that what's happening is inappropriate or juvenile. They just want what they want when they want it and react impulsively to being triggered. 
And if you are in the wake of it, you just are. So I text Justine back and let her know that I do not feel sending a text message about this is appropriate. Maybe even a little juvenile. And then I remind her that it was actually her that interrupted my conversation rudely. And that I had every right to speak to someone even though she had just spoken to her. Would you ever in a million years think that this is an explanation you would have to give to an adult in a professional setting? The most frustrating part of having a narcissist as a coworker is that you expect to have a level of maturity in the place that you work. You expect that you not have to speak to coworkers like they're little children. And you expect that anything Anytime a conflict arises, it will be understandable and not based in fantasy. And you expect that two able adults would be able to talk them out if needed. But if you've ever tried to have a conversation with a narcissist, then you are pretty damn aware of how impossible this actually is. You would get further in a conversation with a monkey. When narcs blame shift onto you or project onto you, they get pretty pissed when you do not take this bait. Remember, if given a preference, they certainly want the easy way to do anything. They're lazy and entitled. They want you to play into their fantasy, and they want you to carry the weight of any negative emotions for them. But they want you convinced to do so with the least amount of effort on their part. So, when I refused to accept the blame for her rude behavior, she did not like this. And what tactic do most narcissists go to when the blame shifting doesn't work? You probably guessed it. Gaslighting. So, I get a return message from her. It says that by messaging her, I'm trying to provoke her, but it will not work. She then tells me that I have an issue because I don't like when someone has a different opinion than mine, so I must think I'm God. You've had these conversations, right? They exist with all narcissists. Which one of us had an issue with someone having a difference of opinion? I offered no opinions of her dating method whatsoever. I simply offered an opinion to this coworker on how I didn't think it was the method for her. There's nothing personal in this statement that's directed or as an insult to Justine, is there? But in her mind, nobody is allowed to disagree with her. This makes them the enemy. And because she honors only her own boundaries, it is okay for her to rudely intervene. But my objection to it is seen as disrespect. When she then points out my part in the problem and I refuse to accept the blame, she must confuse everything about my reality that would make me strong enough to call her out on her bullshit. She must gaslight me. She must tell me it is me who has an issue with being told that I'm wrong, even though clearly it is her with this issue. Then she accuses me of attempting to provoke her. By what? By texting her? But she's the one who texted me. Narcissists always operate under a double standard rule. They are allowed to behave one way, but when you do it, 
you are automatically wrong for so many reasons. So it is fine that she texted me her opinions, but if I dare respond, I must be doing so with vindictive intentions. When her blame shifting did not work on me, she wanted to manipulate me in a way that made me feel too threatened to ever go against her again. She started sending messages threatening to tell the administrator of the clinic, threatening to tell every superior in the clinic that I was creating a hostile work environment, making childish comments that she was going to shut me up by bringing someone of power into the mix so I knew better than to anger her in the future. She was irrational. She was quite pathetic. She was grasping desperately at options that would reclaim the picture of herself that she needs to hang on to. She hates everything about how this conversation and whole experience is making her feel. And she's pathetically reaching for any excuse that helps her to make sense of it, while still convincing herself that she's not to blame for any of it. She's not wrong. She's a victim. And she's respected and adored by all except those who are damaged, those who dare to go against her. Have you had a similar conversation with anyone in your life? Circular conversations are some of the most frustrating parts of relationships with narcissists. The reason for this is because there's no way to win. There's absolutely nothing you can do or say that will take this conversation in another direction. If you refute one of their manipulation tactics, they'll simply move on to the next one. The alternative is that they learn to sit with their own shameful or guilt guilty emotions and this simply will not happen. You cannot win unless you don't play. The only way to win this conversation and to end the game and to walk away with your dignity and sanity intact is to simply back away from this situation. Accept none of what the narcissist is throwing at you. Understand that this is how they operate and this is why. And that nothing about it is personal or directly about you. And shrug it off. You are learning all you can about narcissists. You are understanding what red flags to watch for and what is happening when you start to be in the midst of these tactics so that you'll not be blindsided, so that you will not be easily manipulated, controlled, and confused, so that you will recognize the need for your well-built boundary and you feel confident enough to refuse to let anyone break past it. This is why you're here. So the narcissists you encounter in life are unable to have any influence on you or your well-being so that you remain in charge of your sanity and your self-worth so that they are never again able to trap you in this vicious cycle of abuse so that you can avoid the justines in your life and when there are times that you cannot you know how to avoid their self-centered selfish and one-sided manipulative tactics this is about you taking you back. Keep doing what you're doing to build these unbreakable boundaries and to learn the warning signs for shitty people. You are stronger and more resilient than you ever imagined possible.
as always, you can find support between shows on Facebook or Instagram at I Believe Your Abuse. You can find support, including resources for meetings, support groups, and professionals who specialize in narcissistic abuse if you visit IBelieveYourAbuse.com. And this list is a work in progress. It's got resources all over the world, but if you don't see one in your area, feel free to start one or write in about one that you may know about. But also check back often because I'll be adding to this list as I locate information. You can also find a link to our shop. Did you know that I Believe Your Abuse raises funds nationwide to assist victims in relocation, healing, and education services? And also to raise awareness not only for narcissistic abuse, but to help raise awareness in the criminal justice system with regards to emotional and other invisible abuses. And you can support this cause by purchasing from our shop, so please go check it out. You can also send in comments or requests for specific topics to be addressed on the show by sending an email to ibelieveyourabuse at gmail.com. And please, if you have a survivor story, send it in and, and share with others who are struggling to get to the point that you're at. Also, be sure to follow the show so that you can have episodes automatically added for you to listen to as they come out. And if you have friends or family who are struggling with narcissistic abuse, or are just willing to learn about and understand your experience, please share the show with them. Spreading awareness and understanding are so important. Until next time, own your truth. Never stop telling your story. I believe you. Thank you.